Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Well, hello there, folks, and welcome to this 190th episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. I'm calling this episode Criticism, and I just want to say, if you're listening to the show and you're a brand new listener or you, for one reason or another, haven't listened to the last episode, episode 189, you might want to do so at some time. Although this episode isn't a part two to episode 189, Death of the Fourth Estate, I do consider this episode, episode 190, criticism, and the last episode, and maybe the next couple of episodes, to all kind of be interconnected. You don't have to listen to them in chronological order. You can listen to them front to back, back to front, and or in any pattern you want to listen to them in. It doesn't matter. But I would listen to at least last episode, this episode, definitely the next episode, maybe another one after that, together if you are of that mindset. So remember to keep that in mind. However, with that said, like I said, you can listen however you so choose. I do want to take this time to thank you all for clicking on this link and giving me a little bit of your time, no matter if this is your first ever listen or if you've been here for a year or so or since the start. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I know your time is valuable. As always, please share the show with everyone you know. This is a great time to start listening. No time better than the present. Please tell folks that we can be found on all podcast platforms. Wherever they are listening to Joe Rogan or True Crime, Self Help, or those kink shows that they listen to, I won't tell anybody. Let them know. Their secret is safe with me. As long as they're listening to this show here as well. All anyone needs to do is search for us by name on all of those platforms. All they got to do is look for Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, and this show will pop right up. Or they can simply go to the home link, which is perception.fireside.fm. Again, that is perception.fireside.fm. Don't forget to connect with me on Facebook as well. Remind your friends and family and enemies, loved ones, haters, wherever they are in your life. Remember to tell them to connect with me on Facebook as well at Christopher H. Bilbrey or facebook.com forward slash Bilbrey 318. There I post thoughts, comments, articles, along with my live video commentary show, Live at 35 After that I mostly release five nights a week, Sundays through Thursdays, 
at either 8.35 or 9.35 p.m. And lastly, follow me on the Chris Talk, or what you might refer to as TikTok, at Perception318. All right, so I want to get into this episode. In the last episode, I was talking to you all about how the news as we knew it, at least some of us knew it, probably the older folks more than the younger, the news like that is dead. It's gone. What we remember is no more. News now is all over the place. There isn't somewhere that you can go to listen to a kind of telling of what's happened throughout the day, and there's not some place, honestly, in my opinion, that is keeping the government world, national, state, local, in check. That's just not happening. And there's lots of reasons that that's not happening. There's lots of reasons. In a lot of cases, those news organizations are in bed with the government bodies. And I'm talking about the big, big, big national news chains all the way down to the mom and pop old rag newspapers in your own hometown. Everybody knows when they pick up their newspaper in their community, somebody says, oh, they're in bed with the mayor. They're, they're always writing from the Republican point of view. They're always writing from the Democrat point of view. It, it just is what it is. And there's so many people out here doing opinion. Even, even the gentleman that I've been talking with here lately who has a YouTube channel called Civic Duty. He's, he's a citizen in Winchester, Indiana, my old stomping ground for about 10 years. He's going face-to-face with his government over there, and he's starting to do some of the content creation and, and putting stuff out there. Check him out on YouTube. It's called Civic Duty. You can find him there on YouTube. You can also find him on Facebook. His name is Josh Kimbrell. And he is getting involved with all of this. And we were talking, and he was like, you know, I don't want opinion. I just want somebody to tell me the facts and let me make up my own opinions. And I was like, <laughs> you know, because that opinions, that's what I do. And we were talking about that, and, I, you know, I explained that, well, I am the opinion guy, but there is a need for somebody to do just what you're doing. And, and I, I think that that is so great. There's a couple people that I talk to when I'm talking about what I'm going to listen to. I listen to a lot of talk radio. I listen to a lot of podcasts. And a lot of it is opinion. A lot of it is left or right leaning. And I listen to it all over the board so I can get what everybody is saying. But famously, what I say to a bunch of my friends is... I want somewhere where I can go and listen to a 35-minute, 50-minute, hour-and-a-half, if I so choose, long podcast show. I want, I want to be able to find something. I want to be able to read news sources that will just give me a rundown, like a, a crib notes sheet version or something that will just give me a rundown on what happened so that I can have like an understanding of what's going on if I wasn't able to follow along with the news the way that I so often would like. 
I'm a news junkie. Even if it doesn't have anything to do with politics, just the news in general. I, I love a lot of space stuff, and there's a lot of space news that goes on, you know, anymore. They're talking about different meteors that they're finding and, and all of this stuff going on out in space. I love all that stuff. But you have a hard time finding just one concise area where you can listen to something or read something or watch it, and it's just telling you, bam, 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 this is what happened. Now, I'm going to challenge you out there, listeners, if you listen to something, you read something, you know of something out there like that, get in contact with me. You can message me on Facebook at Christopher H. Bilbrey on Facebook. Leave me a link someplace. Say, hey, I listened to episode 190, Criticism, and this is what I listened to. You can send me a private message. You can email me at khbilbury at gmail.com, or you can text or call me and say, hey, this is what I listen to. I think it might be what you're looking for, because I honestly just feel like basically everything is opinion now, and I don't have a problem with that as long as people are upfront and honest with what it is. But, but the problem with that is... The people that need to be kept in place, they know where all of that falls. So they know the people that are on their side. They know the people that aren't. It's just like, you know, the Biden administration knows they're going to have a pretty easy go of it with CNN reporters or MSNBC reporters. And they know they need to be on their guard with Peter Ducey from Fox News, you know, same way when Trump was in office. He could call, like, the bat phone. They had, like, a red line, I think, a red phone that rung into any program on Fox News, and if the bat phone was calling, maybe it was an orange phone, the orange phone was calling, ringing, they would pick right up, and it was the president, and he could be calling from somewhere in line at McDonald's or on the presidential toilet or from a Russian bed someplace, whatever. And he could say, I want to do whatever. I don't do a Trump, but he could say whatever he wanted to say. And he knew they would run with it. And he had a pretty easy go with Fox, but he knew, you know, he was going to take a beating from CNN, MSNBC, and, and literally everybody else. Well, that same thing happens at the state level. The same thing happens at the local level. And so these elected officials get into this comfortable state of existence where they feel like nobody's looking, nobody cares. They know who's on their side and who's not on their side. And so they, they don't really have to have a front up anymore. They're not, they're not really like on the ball with that, but what that's done is it's really set us up in a situation where they realize no one's going to be asking them the tough questions because just day-to-day citizens don't. Day-to-day citizens normally don't just poke at the bear when it comes to this shitty mayor in Winchester 
or some city councilor in Anderson, or the commissioners in Cass County, or a state representative in District 33, or the state senator in District 26, or various other places, or the governor of Indiana, the governor of Kentucky. You know, it's just, it is what it is. The elected officials know that. The candidates running for office know that. And we are stuck with the fallout so that when we as citizens get pissed off and people start getting agitated and they start getting educated and they start getting involved and they start going to meetings and they start asking questions, well, there's such a pushback because the elected officials or the candidates hoping to become elected officials They don't like to take criticism. They're so used to not having to deal with it anymore. They understand that this isn't a thing that happens, and they're like, no, 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 I'm not going to allow myself to be called out. I am not going to be held accountable. I do not have to answer questions from you or you or you or you, and they just... They feel like it's something that they don't have to deal with. It's something that they haven't had to deal with in such a long time, and their predecessors haven't had to deal with, so they're like, no, I'm not going to deal with it. And then on top of that, they lash out. I mean, absolutely, like, unheard of in politics from back in the day. Those folks would never have dreamed of acting like the people do today because they understood that you couldn't hold office, you couldn't run for office, you couldn't ask for people to vote for you acting the way that people do today. And on top of that, the way that they lash out is just absolutely crazy. They say and do some of the absolute most asinine and dumbest things ever. And so that's what we're going to be talking about during this episode. Criticism. Criticism of elected officials, how the elected officials and candidates, how those in government don't want to be criticized, how they have developed something that like stops them from being able to be criticized, how this, this thing is in place now, this whole mechanism, this whole establishment is set up to stop them from being criticized. Criticism doesn't have to be a bad thing. You know, the phrase constructive criticism, that is a real life thing. It doesn't have to be negative. Looking at negatives, looking at things that are wrong in one's life doesn't have to be a bad or negative experience. It's how people get better. When you're a musician and you're learning to play, if you just keep playing the wrong note over and over and over and over, and you don't examine that, if you keep playing the song in an incorrect way, when you go to perform that live on stage or recorded or whatever you're doing, You're not going to play the song in the right way. You're going to play it wrong. If you don't examine what you're doing wrong, you can never figure out how to do it right. And so constructive criticism, normally, by normal people, 
in the real world can be seen and is seen as a good thing. But hell, the elected officials, government officials, candidates for office, people in power, they can't even and won't even take or accept constructive criticism. So we're going to be talking about this and we're going to be looking at how they act, how we act, how we need to act, maybe how we shouldn't act, and how we can try to overcome this and get back to a place where they realize, you know, could you imagine going to work and your boss coming in and saying, you know, we need to talk. All right, I don't know how to say this, but your performance, it's really rather lacking. You know, you're supposed to be here at 8.30 in the morning, but you're showing up at 10, and you're supposed to take a half-hour lunch, but you're taking two-hour lunches, and then you're gone by 2 p.m., you know? You're supposed to work an eight-hour day, but really you're working 10 to 2 with a two-hour lunch, and you're not getting a lot of work done, and we're having some issues, and so you either need to quit, I'm going to fire you, or... You can change what you're doing and, you know, take this criticism. You can call it constructive criticism if you would like, if you want to focus on the positive. But as your boss, I'm telling you, what you're doing isn't living up to my standard, to our standard here. And you need to do better or we're going to have someone else do it better for you. Could you imagine telling that boss... I get frustrated when I hear you talk to me about this, so I'm just going to roll my eyes and not listen. You probably would not have that job any longer. You shouldn't have that job any longer. Well, the elected officials are no different. So that's what we're going to be talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take our first break. You guys sit tight. This is the 190th episode of Perception is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. We will be right back. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Vital Farms, established in 2007. Vital Farms, where honest food is raised. Vital Farms' mission is to bring ethical food to the table. They do everything they can to improve the lives of people, animals, and the planet through food. Whether it's giving the girls year-round outdoor access, supporting family farmers, enabling you to trace your eggs back to the farm, or debunking misleading animal welfare claims, you can can always trust Vital Farms to be where honest food is raised. Their pasture-raised eggs, butter, and egg bites are delicious, ethical food that you do not have to question. Vital Farms, where honest food is raised. Check them out at vitalfarms.com today. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode is brought to you by the National Concealed Carry Association. Check them out at the National Concealed Carry Association.com. The National Concealed Carry Association exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing a nationwide network of 2A advocates offering elite self-defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors and providing rock-bottom prices on the best selection of gear and accessories. Check them out at nationalconcealedcarryassociation.com. Do not delay. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Episode 190, 190, and it is 
criticism. Nobody likes criticism. Nobody likes to be criticized. And if it's just criticism for sake of criticism, well, then that, that might be one thing. But let me tell you something. When you write your name down on the dotted line saying, hey, I would like to be a government official. I would like to be a public servant working for the public. You need to understand that that has with it some pros and cons. And, and one of those things that can be seen as a con which I don't see it that way, but I guess some people could, is the fact that you are there for the public, you represent the public, you work for the public, and the public <laughs> the public can sometimes be rather boisterous and rather loud and, and at times rude. That doesn't mean they're wrong, Maybe they just approach it differently. They are very, we tend to be very vocal a lot of times about stupid things. And people post and have all sorts of comments all the time about various things. Now, I sometimes think that people don't comment the right way about the right things at the right time when it comes to they're elected officials, but here's the thing. I don't get to decide that. The elected officials don't get to decide that. One of the things I always tell government officials is you don't get to decide what the public wants to tell you. It might not be anything to do with what it is that you're doing or whatever, specifically when you are in the role of a quote-unquote representative official. Like, everybody represents the public that's in elected government. You are a representative of the community, of the public. But some positions are... are even more so, for example, city council, county council, county commissioners, state representative, state senator, United States representative, United States senator. Those positions, to me, are big-time representatives because that's what they do. Hell, in, in, the, in Congress, in the House of Representatives, it's in the title. It's in the title. And when these folks get so, I hate this term, but when they get so butthurt because people are talking to them, it, it really just it frustrates me. Uh, a, a conservative commentator in Indianapolis, Rob Kendall, 93.1 WIBC, he was producer for the Chicks on the Right, and then he was part of the... I don't know, it was the show later to be named, the Rob Kendall show, whatever. And then now he's part of Kendall and Casey uh, in, in the mornings. Before he was on the radio, he was a city councilman, a town councilman for Brownsburg Town Council. And I, I like what he says, and, and, and it's very true. He said, when I was elected and I was a town councilman, I answered emails, I answered text, I talked to people in the public. 
and you know I let them go. But specifically, when I was in a council meeting, I was paid to sit there and listen to people say whatever they wanted to say, and I let them say it because we're paid to take that. Now, I think we, as the public, this is why I talk about education. You can get up there and yell and cuss and rant and rave. You can go to a city council meeting and yell at them about county roads if you like. But at the end of the day, the city council's not going to have anything to do with that. You can go to the county commissioners and talk to the county commissioners and talk to them about a city issue, and they can advise you that they don't deal with that. But at the end of the day, you have a First Amendment right to redress those government officials and tell them what you want, whether they like it or not, or they deal with it or not. But it would be helpful for you or for us, for we, for me, for the citizenry, to be educated about where we need to go, what elected official or elected officials we need to deal with. And when you go to deal with these people, it's good to have an understanding of, like, the rules of the house. So I don't like that a lot of these places have a time limit. They have a two- or three-minute time limit. Okay, I wish they would open that up. Some places do, some places don't. But I do my very best to try to fit into the rules. Now, sometimes I go over, and some places will let you go over. Some places allow you to get time from other people in the audience that might give it to you, and you always have that option. You can always take other people with you, and you can write down what you're saying, and when you hit your time limit, you can draw a line, and the next person gets up, just continues where you left off. There are ways around the games they play. But I try to be respectful. Then, if I need to get loud, if I need to get crazy, I don't have a problem doing that. But if you start at 11, on a scale of 1 to 10, you know, you really have no place to go. But if you go in and you are approaching these people starting out at a 1 or a 2 or a 3, even a 5, there's a place where you can build to from there. Now, what is really frustrating to me is how they deal with this. You know, I went to a local city council meeting. It was in Winchester. This was several years ago. And I asked four questions. And when I got up to the podium, I said my name, and I asked these four questions, and I stood there. And the city council members looked down. They, none of them looked up at me. None of them addressed me. The mayor, he just did his thing. He was staring at me. And after I got done asking my questions, he, he, I think he or one of the council members said, thank you. And I was like, well, no, 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 no. I, I'm not getting an answer. Now, they don't have to answer you. 
But I think that that is piss poor government. And then at that point, you need to say, hey, I demand an answer. And I'll stand here for my entirety of my three minutes. I don't get a get up to the podium and ask a question and get it out in 30 seconds. And then you tell me to shoo. I'll stand here for the three minutes because maybe I'll think of something else to say. Maybe the council will decide they're going to answer. I hate when the council members or commissioners or any government officials just stand there and say, you know, no, no answer. To me, it would be much better for them to try to answer if they can. If they don't have an answer, if they don't have a solid answer, you know, they need to say, I'm sorry, I see where you're coming from, let's look into this, and I will try to get back with you. Or, what would be even better, what would be mind-blowing, is if they would say, my email address is such and such, why don't you email me tonight when you go home, tomorrow morning, whenever, and let me have your email, tell me who you are, I will look into this, and I will respond to you, and we can communicate that way. I'll I'll do what I can. And then when I come back to the meeting, I will give a little update. Or you can come back, feel free to come back, and we can give a little update. Or you can give a little update next time. That, to me, people wouldn't know what to do if there were elected officials that would act that way. Instead, they just act so incredulous. They act like there is no room for us to question them. Questioning these officials is like insulting them, is like cussing at them. The the mayor of Winchester, and I know I keep harping on Winchester, but this same thing is true for Indianapolis. It's true for Muncie. It's just right now, it's like this is is a perfect example of what's going on. I could give thousands of other examples for other communities. So it's, it's not just like, oh, I'm only focusing on Winchester. It's just like this is the absolute best example at the, at the moment. The mayor of Winchester acted in a way recently in which a lot of people are upset with and a lot of people are asking questions why did you do what you did what's going on will you tell us the whole story and he's just not answering that he made a smart ass post on his social media and citizens are on there saying, we support you, we support you, we stand with you, well said, amen, 100%, 1,000%, yes, Bob, you're so good. But what those folks are doing are just blindly following him because they either know him to be a good person in their life, I'm not saying he is or isn't a good person in life, I'm just saying I question him being a good mayor. 
but they're not looking at the actual action taken as a mayor. They're not looking at whether or not he is fulfilling his oath and his duty as a mayor to the majority of the city. His 10, 20, 30, 100 friends don't make up the majority. The majority of that city is is a lot more than that because the city's made up of 5,000-some citizens. So the 100 people that go to your church does not the majority make. So he has been facing a really tough time because myself, Josh Kimbrell, another political activist, a citizen there in Winchester, has been asking him questions, along with a lot of other citizens. And he's upset by this. He does not think that he should... I I don't know what he thinks, because he won't say it. And then what's frustrating is he has a city council that doesn't realize that they are elected to be the checks and balances... They feel like they should just get right behind him and support him all the way through. Right, wrong, indifferent, good, bad, or ugly. We support the mayor. And that's not their job. They don't realize that they should question what he's doing. They should question why there is a rumbling going on. Why there are people in the community that is upset. But that's all negativity. And that type of criticism, that type of negative behavior should not be tolerated. And what they do is they try to paint people like me and others asking questions as bad and negative people. In the city of Muncie, where I live and and do a lot of work politically, I have folks that I deal with in the city government that I call the cheerleaders, the Dan fans, or the Dan addicts, which is a a Dan fanatic, a fanatical follower of the mayor, Dan Reidenauer, is a Dan addict, or Danatic, like a lunatic, whichever way you want to say it, the cheerleaders of Mayor Dan Reidenauer, they like to make people believe that the only way that you can truly be a decent citizen and truly love the city in which we live in is if you are only saying good things. You don't focus on anything negative. You don't talk about issues or problems. Talking about problems are bad. Let's look at that in real life. Say you and your partner, your husband, your wife, your wife, your husband, whatever it is, are living together. You've just gotten married, and everything's going great. And then all of a sudden, your partner starts putting their dishes dirty not washed off, not rinsed out, not thrown into the trash can, starts putting them in the sink and starts running water into the sink. 
and filling the water up, and you've got food particles from tonight's dishes and tomorrow morning's dishes and the next day's lunch and the next day's supper all in this sink, and they're waiting on you to do these dishes. And now me, that grosses me out. That would flip me out. I would have to move out of the house. I hate dishes. When I eat off of a dish, I clean a dish. I do not let dishes pile up. Not not in in any way. Not for 10 minutes. Not for an hour. And I definitely don't let that crap mix because that causes me to be really freaked out. But they do this, and you're new in your relationship, and it bothers you, but you don't say anything. Because you don't want to look at this. You don't want to cause a problem. So you let that go, and you just deal with it. Well, let me tell you, my friends, in 10 years, when the shine and the sheen is knocked off of the relationship... And that oxytocin's not the same. And you're not kissing and making out and having sex every day. And it's just now to life. And, and you're, you're dealing with kids and work and chores and bills. And parents dying and, and everything that goes into life. Now, <laughs> you walk by that sink filled up with the dishes and it's resentment. Whereas, if you would have dealt with that issue long ago, you wouldn't have that now. So in city government, in county government, local government, in state government, in federal government, if the elected officials, if candidates running for these offices would allow themselves to take the good and the bad, the bad with the good, they would be so much better off. It would let us see that they're real people. They understand that they work for us. And we would be able to take care of problems all the way back in November of 2019, the week after my hometown mayor won election, he was now a couple, several weeks out from taking office in January, something happened and it made me upset. And I didn't feel like he was handling it the way that he had literally just campaigned on. And I brought that to his attention. And I brought that to his campaign staff and to his transition team's attention. And instead of calling me in and talking about it and dealing with it, they wanted to knock me down. Well, I'm the kind of person that when that happened, all right, I realize that you're not the mayor yet. And I realize that there's a learning curve and I realize this and that, but I'm going to keep that in my memory bank. 
And I'm worried because if this is the way it's going to be, and I said this, we're in for a long four years. It wasn't even the start of his term yet. Now, what I have personally seen over this time period that he's been in office, we're now two and a half some years out from that, is how he handled that issue is pretty much how he handles all other issues which come before him where there's a small minor problem and someone has an issue or a question. So if we could have dealt with that back then, maybe he would have known what I'm thinking about when I say there's an issue. I would have known how he deals with things when there's an issue. And we would know how to better work through things. However, that thing just festered and the next thing just festered because they don't allow themselves to be criticized. When the newspaper article is written by the reporter who is a city council member, she, or he, she in this case, is not going to write anything negative. She, Lisa Friend, is not going to say, as reporter, I, Lisa Friend, am complaining about counselor Lisa Friend. That's just not going to happen. She's not going to look at herself with the same magnifying glass, the same microscope that the community is going to. She literally said, this same person said that she is frustrated by the public that gets upset about things and wants her input. And then if she gives input, well, if they don't just accept that, it's frustrating and it gets frustrating. And to that, I said, Lisa, then you need to step down. If you're not willing to understand that people are not just going to take what you say and be happy with that, that people can still be upset about what's going on, if you don't understand that it's not your word, your way, or the highway, if you can't understand that, if it makes you angry, if you roll your eyes every time a citizen or citizens get up to talk, you don't have it in you to run for office. These folks need to deprogram, reprogram, I don't know. And all of these candidates that are running... Look, you need to understand that communication is key. Less communication is never the answer. More communication is always what's wanted. And if you're not being able to do that as a candidate, you should drop out. You should drop out. 
I don't know what we can do to get these people to take a look at things that don't make them happy. The only thing, honestly, that I feel like we can do is vote them out of office and hope that the people that we put in next will do a better job. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. If they don't, well, we give them hell for the time period they're in there. Maybe they'll resign, maybe they won't. But then at the end of their term, we vote them out and we keep going through the process because we're to a point where these people, like with this situation in Winchester, the mayor in Winchester literally demoted his chief of police and deputy chief of police because they would not violate the rights of citizens, of a citizen. They would not do that. They would treat the citizen respectfully. They would be polite. They wouldn't bar him from a public building, the city hall. They would not stop him from recording, which he has every right to do. They would not arrest him because he was in asking questions and conducting business. And the mayor became obsessed with this. He got enraged because of this. And then he acted in an aggressive, out-of-control, over-enraged action, which now has caused a whole bunch of chaos. And he doesn't understand why the public are asking questions. He's telling the news people, the newspaper people, I'm not going to answer any more questions. This is a private matter, a Board of Works matter. No! This is a public matter. And I will call there. I will email. He has just made it up in his mind that he is not going to deal with me. He's not going to deal with you if you ask a question. There are people that are friendly to him asking questions. And he's just not going to deal with those people. He literally has posted multiple different social media posts where he has shared prayers and various statements. Just the other day, when we held a rally in support for the demoted police officers, these fine upstanding lawmen, we, we the public, and other folks came through. We had probably 40, 45, 50, 55 some people there at one time, at one point, over a couple hour period showing support, standing up against what the mayor had done, demanding a response from the mayor. At that same time, the mayor of Winchester was posting this following post. Bob says, This verse has been sent to me twice in the last week. Thank you to all that have contacted me and offered words of encouragement and prayer. You know, look, we all need words of encouragement and prayer. I understand that. But he makes it seem like he's going through a hard time. What kind of hard time is he going through? Being asked questions by the public? 
he goes on and, and posts the scripture. Philippians 1, 27. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. You know, he acts like he is just crushed by his public, by the public asking questions. And it just floors me. And to that, to that, I say, I have scripture for you. I have actual scripture that I think probably you more need to hear. And it's Proverbs 12, 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. That's what the mayor needs to focus on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we need to hit a quick sponsorship. Folks, you're listening to the 190th episode of Perception is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey. We'll be right back. What can give you a competitive edge in today's red-hot housing market? Rocket can. That's because Rocket Mortgage can give you a verified approval. It could help your offer stand out. Rocket technology provides a rock-solid verification of your income, assets, and credit, giving sellers greater confidence in you. Go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338-ROCKET. A verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information, appraisal, and title report. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing under license in all 50 states and MLS consumer access.org number 330. Welcome back. This is Perception is Reality, episode 190, Criticism. Look, man, I, I don't honestly know how to overcome this. This is one of these things that, like, we might be able to beat it down and beat them down and beat them down until they give in. The way I look at it is one of three things will happen. We keep beating the door, beating the door, beating the door, beating the door, and not going away. And they give in and say, okay, 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 we'll do it your way. We'll do it the way the citizens want. I will govern the way that my bosses tell me to. That's way one, and maybe that'll happen, maybe it won't. Or we keep beating it, beating it, beating it, beating it, beating it, going for it, going for it, going for it, until they say, ha, I can't deal with it anymore, and they resign. Okay. Well, then their party gets to pick a new person. Maybe they pick someone good, maybe they don't and they will fulfill their term. We have to then fight that battle when, when it comes to us. That's way too. Or nothing happens, and they're able to fight back against it, and they just simply do not care, do not give a shit. They say, yeah, you guys are negative, you guys are bad, and it's that way on until the election, and then it's game on. They run, maybe they don't run, okay, great, but if they do, then we have to campaign hard against them. The one thing that I can say, and the, the, this I really, 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 really mean this, 
one voice is all it takes, except when it takes more. And I know that that's kind of a shitty thing to say, and you're like, what? And, and this is what I mean. I truly believe one person can make a difference. One voice can can raise up and notify and signal people. Me sitting behind this microphone talking to you all can make you all aware and bring you all to the forefront of the fight. But then I need your help. I need your voices to raise as well. Because maybe there are those elected officials or candidates running for office who don't want to cross me. They don't want me digging and, and coming after them. And that's great. If I, can, if I can cause them to govern properly out of fear, I, I don't like that. But if hell, if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. I don't care why they're governing properly. That's just what I want them to do. That's what we expect. But if I can do that, great. But there are some people who are just going to say, I don't care, it's just Bilberry. So it's going to take more than me. And in that case, five voices are better than one. Ten voices are better than five. Twenty voices are better than ten. Sixty voices are better than twenty. A hundred voices are better than sixty. And that's just, like, it has to be common sense. And that's what's so frustrating. Because I know, like, we just had a rally for these two officers over in Randolph County. And I know there are Tons of people that are mad about this, that are pissed off about this, that want answers. But there are also, of that same group, a lot of those people that are afraid of retribution, retaliation. And that's where it's like, it's it's hard for me because I do my very best to tell these people, yeah, if you were going up against them alone, maybe you would have something to worry about. But... I promise you, you won't be going up against them alone. I'm with you. There's others with you. As a whole group, they can't retaliate against all of us. They won't do that. They can't do that. They will be defeated. One of the best examples of that was the whale sustainable product ordeal in Muncie, Indiana in the fall of 2019. For those of you that live in and around East Central Indiana that are listening to this, you probably are familiar with what I'm talking about. For those of you that do not live in East Central Indiana, all you need to do is go to your Google while listening to this or when you get a chance and type in the Star Press, Muncie, Indiana, WSP City Council Steel Plant, something like that. You can also go to my Facebook page, Christopher H. Bilberry, and you can type in 08.05.19, so August 5th, 2019, along with my name, and pictures will pull up. On August 5th, 2019, in the city of Muncie, 1,250 people, 1,250 people showed up, maybe a little more, maybe just a touch less, but really close to that number, showed up to a city council meeting. It was packed seating in the auditorium, standing room only. People were lined up out the door, wrapped around counters in all of the hallways of City Hall, which in Muncie is a big building. 
all the way out the door, all the way in the parking lot, and all the way over into the next Starbank building. These pictures are crazy. Matter of fact, I will put a link to one of the pictures or a couple of the pictures in the description of this episode so you can go to the description and click and see the pictures that I'm talking about. We were able to defeat this thing from going forward, and I'm not going to get all into what it was and all of that. That's a whole big deal. You can go back and find that on social media. Find that on my old lives just by typing in my name on Facebook and that date. But we stood up against the government, and it was a done deal. It was a done deal, and it took them about a week and a half to correct it because they saw the 1,250 people who were saying, we're not happy with this, we're not taking this, and you guys need to fix it. Now, I understand it's very hard to get that many people on the same side active against something. But what we need to realize is we all need to be willing to look at each other's fights and help each other because... It might not be your fight today. It might be mine. It might be the fight at my door that I'm dealing with or my people's dealing with, my community, my section of the community, my neighborhood, my group of people in the community, whatever the situation is. We're dealing with this. And if the government is out of control, if they are not listening to our voice of reason, if they're not taking a look at our concerns because they're negative, if the toxic positivity takes over and they only are willing to look at what's positive and good and they're not willing to take that constructive criticism, then we might need others. You might need to step up and help because let me be very clear, even though it's not your fight today, your fight is coming. And when your fight is here, next week, next year, five years from now, ten years from now, you will want and need help too. And we, as a group, as a community, can shape how our elected officials govern. I just don't understand why people let that power slip by. The most important, the most powerful position in government as an American the most important position, most powerful position in local government, in state government, and in federal government is the position of the citizen. The citizen who has a mouth, who has a way to write, who has a way to communicate, and has a way to say yes or no, and here's why. And for the elected officials, the government officials, the folks that want to be government officials... If you're not up for being praised and your feet being held to the fire when it's needed, if you're not up for the good and the bad, both sides of the coin, if you're not up for a little bit of negativity with the positivity, then you should not be running. And here's my little constructive criticism for all of you elected officials or candidates or soon-to-be candidates or possible future candidates. Here it is. So you need to listen to this really closely. 
we, the citizens, the community, your public, your employers, your bosses, we're tired of the shit. And from this point forward, we're not letting you get away with it. From now on, you will listen to the good, the bad, and the ugly. And if you don't, we're going to bring it to your door every day. More and more people. We want you to resign. We want you to leave. Or we will beat you in the next election. Whatever the office, whatever the level of government, whoever you are, however many people you feel are on your side, the majority will rule. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for this episode. I still have so much to talk about in this theme. Please, if you haven't, listened to episode 189. That is the death of the fourth estate. Please go back and listen to it at some point and definitely be able to check out the next episode, 191. It's going to continue probably for at least two more episodes. I will be talking in this kind of uh, continuation of what we're talking about. You guys are absolutely fantastic. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Love and care about each and every one of you. Please remember to share the show with everyone you know. We can be found literally on all podcast platforms. All they have to do is search for us by name, Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, or the easiest way is to simply go to the home link, perception.fireside. .fm and don't forget to check me out on my social media Facebook facebook.com forward slash bilberry 318 or Christopher H. Bilberry on Facebook. Until next time you guys take care of yourselves. God bless each and every one of you. Stay safe. Stay tuned. Stay true. I'll talk to you real soon. Goodbye. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception Perception is is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.